Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. And I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today I have with me a very special guest who I met just about a year ago uh, in Boston. And her name is Colleen Willard. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning, Father. How are you? It's so good to hear your voice again and connect. <laughs> Thank you. I'm well. And you too? Yes, very well. And very excited about what's going to happen next month. We will miss seeing you there, but we've got you down for another conference, Father. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I didn't realize that you just uh, had been speaking to Anne just a little over a mm -hmm. week ago. Uh, so you, we have yeah. a whole interview with Colleen that's on Radio Maria in the archives if you want to listen to her story. But I do want you to tell a little bit about your story because you had a miraculous healing in Medjugorje back probably it was over 20 years or so, or it'll, coming it, up on 20 yes, years. Yes, in fact, it'll, uh, next year on September 3rd, it will mark 20 years since the healing that took place. Uh, maybe perhaps some of the listeners recall, uh, you know, if they do from our interview last year, and it's also uh, widely noted, you know, on YouTube and other uh, venues. But it was in 2003 that John and I took a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. I had been diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor, not only by five of the top hospitals here in Chicago, but also by Mayo Clinic. I had been in chronic 24-hour pain for almost three years. It had left me in a wheelchair, and one of the things that the doctors had said was that they could not even operate. My tumor was located in an area that tells your heart to beat, your lungs to to breathe, in the entire motor of your brain. And it was mm. wrapped around the major blood vessel. In fact, the doctors had said that if they even did a biopsy, that alone, uh, you know, could kill me because of the position where it was in. But I realized, Father Dan, that during that time of suffering, and I know probably maybe there's even listeners now, you know, that are going through a diagnosis, and it's, and it's very hard to understand why these things happen or why you have to suffer. But one of the things that I found, so it was my lifeline. It was holding on to the rosary. It was receiving Jesus as much as I could through the ministers of care that were coming to our home. Uh, I wasn't able to do the things that I thought I could do at all. And, and when the doctor said that I needed to get my house in order, I wouldn't be alive much longer. The only thing I wanted to do was make the greatest gift of all, and, and that was like a pinnacle of prayer. I had the desire to go to Medjugorje, someone had been to our home that had given me a medal that was blessed by Our Lady, given her motherly blessing during an apparition. And I just wanted to go to leave behind 
the greatest prayer I could because I knew that would be a sacrifice, both physically, you know, trying to endure this when I was so sick. Um, but when we received that clear sign from our Blessed Mother and our Lord that we were to go, both John and I were so excited, uh, only to find out that, you know, they some one of the doctors would not even sign me off to go. I needed a medical permission slip to get on an airline. And it was then that I realized how much, even more, that God uses uh, our priest in, in specific, you know, guidance. And in this case, there was a priest by the name of Father Aniello Salicone, who, God rest his soul, heard our Lord audibly speaking to him. And he had heard from Jesus that John and I were to go to Medjugorje. It was God's will and Our Lady's desire that we go. But he also added these words, Father Dan, to both John and I. He said, when you go, you will be resting in the mountains. And I thought that's where the Lord was calling me, that that's where I would I would die. And, and I was okay with that because I knew that at that time, that the greatest thing that I could ever do for my soul was to keep myself united with Jesus on the cross. And I found out the truth of what St. Paul said when he said that carrying the cross is a joy to the point of folly. So I was okay with whatever God wanted me to do. I wanted his will more than my own. But it was when Father had called and told us that, that shortly after we went on the pilgrimage to Medjugorje, when we went to this beautiful little village, and I'm sure, Father, you probably have heard many people over the years say this, it was it was a feeling like as if God was in the air, because there was so much love that emanated, not only from the people that were there, but from all the pilgrims, from all the, the reality that the greatest gift that we have is Jesus, and he's waiting for us in every tabernacle, and he was there, and I can't tell you the, the love that one feels. It's uh, when you know that the mother of God is there and so is their son. Uh, the faith was just even more exemplified in all the people that we met. But one of the things that happened, uh, Father, when we were there is we were given the gift to hear one of the visionaries, uh, Vitska, uh, she herself is still to this day receiving, has been reported still receiving daily apparitions of Our Lady. But back in 2003, she was uh, sharing with all the pilgrims from her mother's uh, steps of her home of a very special apparition. All apparitions are special, of course, but in this particular one, Vitska and Yakov, who was the youngest visionary in Medjugorje, Our Lady had appeared to both of them and told them that she was going to take them to see heaven, purgatory, and hell. Now, we remember it was not too long ago, on October 13th, that we remembered the the great day of uh, in Fatima, the miracle of the sun, and we also know that Our Lady also showed the three children of Fatima that same vision of purgatory, heaven, and hell. You know, so that we would realize that these places do exist. But that day that she was speaking to the pilgrims through the interpreter, I could not see her. 
because I was in a wheelchair. And when you're in a wheelchair, all you can see is basically everyone's backside. But when she started to share the beautiful story of what it was like for her when Our Lady took her to see heaven, and she could see the beauty, the expansive beauty of heaven and the the colored robes, and she could look at the people as if she was looking at one another right here on earth, but only in heaven. And I just remember, Father, that day in my heart, not even verbalizing it, but my heart started to soar even with a deeper love for our Blessed Mother. And when I heard that she had held the hands of the two visionaries, Vitska and Yakov, I said to Our Lady in my heart, if I could only see the visionary, then it would be like seeing you because you took her to heaven. And then my prayer got a little bit greedier. And I asked Our Lady, if I could only touch the hand that held yours, then it would be like holding yours. Now often, Father, as you know, a lot of times we wonder whether or not our Blessed Mother really hears the interior words that we say or thoughts within our heart when we pray. And I I hope, Father, that this will attest to our listeners that yes, Our Lady does. It was then when I had requested this in the silence of my heart that all of a sudden Vitska stopped speaking and through the interpreter I heard the words momento, momento. And at that time I didn't even know what it meant. I had never been to a foreign country before. And I saw something that was so extraordinary. All these people that were body to body, shoulder to shoulder, started to separate. And coming down towards me in my wheelchair came Vitska. And she came up to me and she said two words, praise God. And I said to Vitska, I didn't come for myself. But for all those who asked me to pray for them, for all those who I said I would pray for, even for those that have seen me from the moment I was a baby in the crib, please, would you ask Our Lady to answer the desires of your heart? She said, yes, I will. And it was at that moment, Father, that she went ahead and made the sign of the cross on my forehead. And she laid her hands on me to pray. And at that moment, I no longer could hear any outward sounds or movement around me. But it was the presence of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that if he would have said, I'm taking you now, I would have gone so gladly. I was aware that when Vitska had prayed over me, when she had her hands on my head, I felt an intense heat, unlike anything I had ever felt before. The only way I can describe it is it's like as if there were heated coils that were moving through all parts of the inside of my brain. Never before have I ever felt anything like that. But all of that was secondary to the presence of God. As they lowered me down the stairway and onto the street, our guide introduced me to another man who came up and was speaking to her. And she said to me, Colleen, this is Yakov. And I realized Our Lady allowed me not only the gift to meet one of the visionaries that she took to heaven, but now also the other child who was only nine years old at the time of that apparition. It was shortly after, just a few minutes later, that we were in the back of St. James Parish. And this is one moment that 
I will never forget ever in my life. And this is why God has both John and I bearing witness to what he has done. When he had, when John had me in the wheelchair in the very back of the church, I remember it was so crowded. You could hardly even make your way into the church. And I remember my first thought was, why aren't the parishes like this back at home in the United States? Why aren't the churches just so packed with people wanting to come to be with Jesus, to be with our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Mother, to celebrate and participate in the Mass? It saddened my heart when I started to realize that reality of what we are missing here and maybe missing all over the world because we haven't paid attention yet. But it was in the back of St. James as I watched so many priests on the altar. It was like as if they were just flowing with priests. That it was right before the consecration of the Holy Eucharist. As God is my witness, I have never, ever heard Our Lady's voice. But it was just before the bread is consecrated into the body of Christ and the wine into the blood of Christ that I heard Our Lady's voice so clearly and audibly go right through me. And she said, now, will you give your whole heart and your whole soul to my son? I said, yes, I will. And will you give your whole heart and your whole soul to our father? And I said, yes, I will. And there was such an emphasis on the word our when she spoke. And then she said, and will you give your whole heart and your whole soul to my spouse, the Holy Spirit. I said, yes, I will. And she said, now, my daughter, you are my daughter. And when I opened my eyes, there was a priest standing in front of me with the Holy Eucharist. And the moment that the Eucharistic host was placed on my tongue, I no longer could hear any outward sounds or movement around me. Same thing of what had happened when Vitska prayed over me. But it was the presence of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I realized that at that moment, what Our Lady was asking me to give everything to Him, I also could only feel the presence of God within my heart. I was also aware, though, at that same moment that the Eucharistic host has placed my tongue, that I no longer felt any of the pain throughout my whole body. It, it disappeared immediately. Again, that was secondary to the presence of God. I no longer can receive Holy Communion the same way that I did before because she truly did show me how much more to the soul that can be given to her. I said to John, get me out of this wheelchair. It feels cumbersome. All of a sudden, I could feel strength in my body. I could have movement within my toes that I hadn't felt in all that time. It was the next day that I found out that pilgrims were climbing the Hill of Apparitions where a lady had began her appearance back in June of 1981. And I wanted to climb to the highest point that I could. But I was told by the spiritual director of the pilgrimage, no, that I've been in a wheelchair for almost three years and and he was concerned about me. But I said, Father, please, I want to get to the highest point I can here on this mountain to thank God for everything, including the gift of carrying the cross. 
because that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I had to wear my husband's shoes in order to climb because I went over there in, in slippers. And when we got up to the top of the mountain, I didn't care who saw me or what they thought. I prostrated myself on the rocks, thanking Jesus for the gift of carrying the cross. It was shortly after that that I went to get up from a prostrate position, and my husband was there next to me, and I rolled over into his arms. And it was only later when we started to descend the mountain that a pilgrim showed a picture that she had taken of me resting in John's arms. And then it reminded us of what Father Aniello said. And when you go, you will be resting in the mountains. I thought I had gone there to die. But the Lord had another plan. It had been all over the village that this woman from America had gotten up from a wheelchair. We were called into the parish office, asked to go home and, and to see our doctors and uh, we did, and after being seen, doctors even crying, not even recognizing me, and we shared with them everything that had happened once we got to Medjugorje, uh, everything pulmonary, my test results were coming back negative, uh, all the doctors met and gathered us all around and they went through all the results at Mayo Clinic and the most beautiful words I could ever hear, in addition to all the t other tests coming up negative, were the words from the neurosurgeon when he said, Mrs. Willard, you are the third miracle I have seen from Metagoria. No longer wow. my brain tumor. And it was then we saw Father Aniello and afterwards he heard directly from Jesus and he said this to both John and I, and we share this wherever we go. He said, Colleen, you are not healed for yourself. It wasn't because your illness was any greater than anyone else's, but you were healed for your family, the community, and the world. He said the Lord had told him that he would be sending us out to bear witness to what he has done. He said, know that all those who hear this testimony, they've been chosen by God to hear it because he's wanting to draw souls closer to him. He had gone before the Blessed Sacrament and he had asked Jesus, why did you choose Medjugorje for Colleen's healing? Why wasn't it anywhere else that I was going to, my hometown, you know, Mayo Clinic, anywhere? Why would he take me all the way over to this country that we had never traveled to before in the condition that I was? He, he wanted to know. He said the first time that he asked Jesus that question, he said he was silent. He went before him a second time and said, Jesus, why did you heal Colleen and Medjugorje? He was still silent. The third time, he went before him and asked that same question. On the third time, Jesus answered him. And these are the words that Father said he told us. He said, I chose Medjugorje for Colleen's healing because I wanted my mother's presence in the world known and my healing presence in the Holy Eucharist, because we have forgotten. From that moment, Father had told us that Jesus also told him that he would open the doors for us to speak. We were not to seek or search. He would provide everything. From as of today, Father, we found out that in addition to this story, it has moved over 92 different countries and has been translated into all different languages. 
Um, it has been viewed, I can't even tell you, over 3 million, 4 million times all over. And the interesting thing about it is during all this time, my husband and I, we, we don't have any website. We haven't, you know, done any advertising. It is all by the movement of the Holy Spirit or what others have done. So praise God, every day that I get up, the first thing I do before my my feet even hit the floor is I thank Jesus for the great gift of being alive, but most of all, truly, for his presence in the Holy Eucharist. Because I know, where would I be had I not listened to the direction that was given to me through the words of a priest, and had I not gone to receive Jesus through the consecrated hands of a priest. I don't know if I'd even be alive today giving this interview to you now, Father. Well, it's quite a story. I find it so interesting that of all the places that the healing would occur, it happened at the Mass, which is really what Our Lady continually says to everybody over there is, you know, she's so happy when we come and visit, uh, Really, I mean, she's the phenomenon that's drawing people there. But she's always saying, now, what's most important is to go to the Mass. And she points mm-hmm, everybody back mm-hmm. to the Mass. And that's where your miracle occurred. Now, why do we yeah. talk about all this? And by the way, the story has a lot more details, which the reason I had uh, you on today, Colleen, is so we could talk a little bit about the conference. So there's a Boston Marian <laughs> conference mm-hmm. happening November 12th through the 13th. It's a weekend it's coming. It's very soon, just a couple of weeks, uh, three weeks, roughly. Uh, and Colleen will be there with her husband. Uh, she will be speaking about her story. And uh, there's many other presenters that will be there as well. So our own Ann Vusick, who has a show on Radio Maria, will be there. Father Chris Alar, who's just a wonderful priest, priest uh, of that Marian movement. Um, Jimmy Wahlberg. Yvonne, the visionary, will be there, as he was last year, and many others. So it's just an, a wonderful – last year was just action-packed, wasn't it? It really was, and um, I can't tell you that there were so many fruits that came out of the conference. We had people that were uh, – I remember even just coming off the street because they had heard of it. Uh, There were conversions that took place. There were healings that took place. Um, I remember even one woman who was there even on a business meeting, and she had heard, you know, the music and and what was going on, and she actually went ahead. She was supposed to check out that day. She went ahead and stayed and went to the conference and, and comments like, you have no idea how much I needed to hear what I heard today. There were people that said, I don't want to miss this. They asked, would you do this again? There were so many fruits that came out, and that's why we are holding that Boston Marian Conference again, and God willing, even in the future. And and this year, what we're really excited about is Our Lady opened the door for even more speakers than what we had. It's really a power-packed weekend. Uh, in addition to the rosary and celebrating the sacraments, um, we will hear stories that just absolutely attesting to our faith and the, the great gift that we have, even for people that maybe perhaps they haven't been inside a church for a while. And we had 
people even like that attend last year. Somebody just brought them. They hadn't stepped inside a church, but when they came to this conference, they realized that they were walking into open arms through the heart of Mary and through the heart of Jesus represented in the priest and represented in all the aspects of the people who were speaking at the conference. We had received even feedback later from people who said, I want you to know it was because of this conference. I'm now back and I'm receiving daily communion. It was just the incredible, it's, Father. It's power packed. So it, this uh, conference is worthy of getting on an airplane. I'll tell you that. So if you're contemplating uh, a spiritual shot in the arm, this is something you would want to go to. Go to bostonmarianconference.org for more details. It's up in Boston, uh, Quincy, actually, at the uh, Marriott and Quincy. And I just want to read our lady's message uh, that came out yesterday because it was uh, really quite compelling. And... Uh, Unlike, I don't recall ever hearing a message like this. She said, Dear children, the Most High permits me to be with you and to be joy for you and the way in hope because mankind has decided for death. That is why he sent me to keep instructing you that without God you can, do not have a future. Little children, be instruments of love for all those who have not come to know the God of love. Witness joyfully your faith and do not lose hope in a change of the human heart. I am with you and a blessing you with my motherly blessing. Thank you for having responded to my call. Well, Colleen, you're certainly living out the joy of heaven. And it was such a pleasure to have you on today. Uh, I'll um, be praying for you. Thank you. For, for the conference, I'm going to be in Italy. Uh, and, and I not know, getting back. we will miss you. I'm going to miss <laughs> you too. Miss you. It was and such Father, a pleasure. if we could... We'll let the listeners know all they need to do is go to um, www.bostonmarianconference.org and see all the information and Artie Boyle and Father Paco and Father Tom Thomas and so many other speakers. Um, and we look forward to greeting all the attendees. We have people coming from California, Texas, all over the United States. So if you haven't made a pilgrimage somewhere, this would be a pilgrimage weekend. It sure will be. And let me give you my blessing. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Colleen. This is Father Dan oh, you're signing, welcome. signing off. Oh, you